Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord, only you can steal. My soul tests this morning, Lord. Father, thank you for another blessed day to come into your presence. Thank you, Lord God, for another time here today in your presence. Thank you for this precious gift to approach the throne of grace, to approach the throne of divine mercies. Lord, we give you all the praise. Thank you because in your presence we find mercies. In your presence we find grace. In your presence, Lord, your love is available to us. We give you all the glory this morning. We thank you because you are a faithful God. We thank you because you are a good God. We thank you because you are a loving God. Lord, be glorified forevermore in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, as we come into your presence as your children and as we join the oaths of heavens to cry out, Holy, Holy is the Lord God Almighty. We declare, Lord, this morning, let your name be glorified, Lord. Once again, Father, glorify yourself. Glorify your name in the mighty name of Jesus. You are Yahweh, O God. You are holy and there is none like you. You are righteous and there is none like you. You are faithful, Lord. Yes, you are the only one who can be called faithful because you will never fail. You will never change. You remain the same. You are the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. We worship you, O God. Be glorified forevermore. Father, we thank you as we spend this time again in your presence to read the word. We ask, Lord, grant us wisdom and understanding again. Bless us in your presence today and cause your name to be glorified. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. All right, let me say a big welcome to everyone joining in to devotion this morning. I am Morphe Eyenike. I want to say a big thank you um, for all the, the contacts I have received, all the messages I have received, the questions too have been rolling in. Thank you very much on Facebook, on Spotify, on Anchor, on WhatsApp. God bless you. Thank you for the engagement. Thank you for the kind words. Uh, I'm glad to hear that this, uh, this study has encouraged you to pay attention. Pay attention to God. Pay attention to his word. And that is the whole purpose of this study. Thank you very much. And I pray that on that day, all of us will stand complete in the presence of God. Yes. And the message we will receive will be well done. Thou good and faithful servant. Yes, I pray this morning that all of us will, will be rapturable. We will not miss the rapture in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. All right. Yesterday, we, we took a detour and we studied the rapture. 
And before then, we are taking Revelation chapter 19. And then, so today we are supposed to take Revelation chapter 20. As we gradually come to the end of this of the book of Revelation, obviously this is the final book of the Bible. Um, I want to be sure that we end on a high note and be sure that we have answered every question. So we stopped on Revelation chapter 19. You remember, at the end of Revelation 19, we saw the battle of Armageddon. And then at the end of that battle, the Bible tells us that look, all the beasts, the false prophets, and the dragon were captured. Okay, it says, let's read it together. Uh, Revelation chapter 19, from verse 19. It says, Then I saw the beasts and the kings of the world and their armies gathered together to fight against the one sitting on the earth and his army. And the beast was captured. And with him, the first prophets, who did mighty miracles on behalf of the beasts, miracles that deceived all who had accepted the mark of the beasts, and who worshipped his statue. Both the beasts and his first prophets were thrown alive into the fairy lake of burning sulfur okay so the lake of burning sulfur or the lake of fire is the fire that is the final destination okay this is the entire army verse 21 was killed by the sharp sword that came from the mouth of the one riding the white horse and the vultures all gorged themselves on the dead on the dead bodies note that it says the beast was captured and with him, the first prophets who did mighty miracles. Only the beasts and the first prophet were captured, you know, um, who did many mighty miracles on behalf of the beasts and deceived many to receive the mark of the beast and who worship his statue. Both the beast and his first prophet were thrown alive into the lake of fire, okay? But not yet the dragon. And that's where chapter 20 continues today okay so in chapter 20 i uh, remember i said the book of revelation is divided into seven parts part one is where jesus introduces himself introduces himself to to john revelation chapter one part two is the letter to the to the seven churches and, and that's where everything about the church the church ends if every other thing is focused on the nation of Israel. And as we wind down, I will take us through, we'll go and read, we'll go and read the book of Matthew again, match it up with the book of Luke, not read all of it, just a few chapters here and there, so that you realize that all of this is focused on the nation of Israel. Yes, all of it is going to be focused on the nation of Israel, at least the, at least the tribulation part. Okay, so I said, that we then get the tribulation that is the third part of the book of revelation the fourth part is revelations chapter 19 we just read it now um, the fifth part is revelations chapter 20 where we start with the thousand year reign the, what we call the millennial reign of christ we will then read the second part is the defeat the defeat of satan and then the final judgment. Remember that at this point, 
the beast, the Antichrist, and his false prophets had already been cast into the lake of fire. So the millennial reign is what we call a part five. Hmm? The white throne judgment, the great judgment is what we call, is what we class as part six. Okay. So I'm going to separate them in our study this morning. And then part seven is Revelation chapter 21 and 22. I said that that is the only perfect chapters again in the Bible. Revelation chapter 21 and 22, sin is gone. Genesis chapter 1 and 2, there was no sin before Adam's sin. All right, so very deliberate. This morning we would focus, we'll take part 5 and do a bit of part 6 if we are able to, if we are able to finish our explanation. So we see the millennial reign of Christ without the Antichrist and without the false prophets. So turn your Bibles, Revelations chapter 20. Um, as we read here, we will do a lot of, a, a bit of referencing. Okay, because you need to know that majority of what even John is saying, prophets before him saw some of this. Okay, so where we read about the conflict of Gog and Magog, we will go to Ezekiel chapter 38 and chapter 39 and we will read Ezekiel's prophecy which at this time was close to a uh, close to a thousand years okay maybe not up to that's about seven seven to nine hundred years before John is prophesying and you will be shocked at the accuracy with which Ezekiel prophesied okay so we have the conflict between Gog and Magog in in uh, Revelations chapter 20 verse 7 to 10 and then we'll see uh, when the people stand before the throne of God the judgment the judgment seat of God John also had prophesied or referenced this spoken about this before okay so uh, let's start with Revelations chapter 20 let's read from verse 1 it says then I saw an angel coming down from heaven with the key to the bottomless pit. Now, the bottomless pit is separate from the lake of fire. Okay, the lake of fire or the lake of with burning sulfur is separate. The beasts and his prophets are the ones who have been cast into. They have received their own final judgment. Okay, so they are there. But the dragon, who is the initiator of all of this, is cast. You see. Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven with the key to the bottomless pit and a heavy chain in his hand. He seized the dragon. We know that the dragon, that dragon, Revelation chapter 12, stands for Satan. That dragon, that old serpent, who is the devil, Satan, and bound him in chains for a thousand years. For a thousand years. Okay, so... Who would describe this figuratively as sealing off the influence of Satan? Okay, so Satan is not able to influence the people or is dominion and rich at this point because Jesus has uh, descended, uh, Jesus at this point, the reign of man, okay, uh, the lease that Adam received had come to an end. 
Okay, and that's why the devil now could, could be bound. Because that lease that God gave it Adam to have dominion, to rule over the earth, has come to an end. Jesus has come, his second coming, to declare himself. We read it, Revelation 19, King of kings and lords of all, Lord of all lords. Okay, so it says he is bound in chains for a thousand years. So during this thousand years, what is going to be happening? Remember that all of the armies of the people have been killed. Okay, so they are in waiting, but the saints have been have either been raptured or they have been resurrected. It says the angel threw him into the bottomless pit, not the lake of fire. Okay, he has not yet received his own final judgment into the bottomless pit, which he then shot and locked so Satan could not deceive the nations anymore until the thousand years were finished. Afterward, he must be released for a little while. Okay? So like I said, he's shut off. His influence is gone. His temptation of man is cut off. Okay? Tenting of the saints to, to commit sin, that all of that influence is gone. In verse 4, it says, Then I saw thrones, and the people sitting, and the people sitting, people, people, like I said, in heaven, we will have different levels of glory, and we will sit to judge. Hmm? Yes, those, those who live and turn many to righteousness in this world will sit together with Christ to judge. It says, Then I saw thrones, and the people sitting on them, had been given the authority to judge, okay? So they have not started judging. He only saw throne and the people the, the people sitting on them had been given the authority to judge. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their testimony about Jesus and for proclaiming the word of God. They had not worshipped the beast or his statue, nor accepted his mark on their foreheads or their hands, they all came to life again and they reigned with Christ for a thousand years. What does it mean that they came to life? They have been resurrected. Okay? In other words, they have received their own, their resurrected body. That body, that physical body that had perished, had decayed. The resurrection power of God comes on that body. And so they live with Christ. He says they all came to life again and they reigned with Christ for doing that thousand years. We call this the millennial reign of Christ. He says this is the first resurrection. The rest of the dead did not come back to life until the thousand years had ended. Okay, so I want you to just in your mind get the the timeline. We have finished the seven years of great tribulation. At that end of the seven years, Jesus comes to establish what he always asked us to pray for. Um, that is in Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, Jesus teaching his disciples, told them to pray. Pray, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven god's kingdom is finally established on the earth god's dominion by by kingdom he is talking about dominion 
his dominion is finally established on the earth at the end of that seven years. At the end of that, that first battle, okay, the battle of Armageddon, the beasts and the first prophets are captured and they are thrown into the lake of fire. And then begins the millennial reign. Their entire army, all of them, they are killed. Okay? And then begins the millennial reign. The millennial reign of a, of a thousand years. Christ establishes his, his dominion and reign. They come back to life. Okay? So if they came back to life, they are not in heaven. They are resurrected. Okay? So begins his millennial reign. And during this period, it says that these people will they will reign with Christ. They will judge. They will judge with Him. So I think in this period, especially for those who have come through the tribulation, like I said, billions, billions will be saved. They will receive their own judgments. He says this is the first resurrection. The rest of the dead, okay, did not come back to life. Um, until the thousand years have ended. If you did not, if you were not resurrected during this time, I can promise you, it means that you don't know Jesus. Only those who know Christ take part in this first resurrection. Everyone else will take part in the second resurrection and their resurrection will be to come and stand before the white throne judgment. Okay, he says, blessed and holy are those who share in the first resurrection. So one of the things, the wonderful things about the book of Revelation is that just as Jesus gave us the Beatitudes, so we will go back and read the Beatitudes and then we'll compare it with the Beatitudes in the book of Revelations. He says, blessed, we'll, we'll do that on that day, okay, so maybe not today. Maybe tomorrow, we can do that tomorrow, honest. It says, blessed and holy and are those who share in the first resurrection. For them, the second death holds no power, but they will be priests of God and of Christ and will reign with, they will reign with him a thousand years. They will reign with him a thousand years. So what are we going to be doing for that thousand years? Remember, at this point, death and hell have been have been destroyed or have that dominion has been broken not destroyed that dominion has been taken over by by christ when he says i have the keys of death and of hell that dominion has been broken okay so after that verse 7 after the end of the thousand the millennial reign of christ we will then see the battle of gog and magog now let's read verse 7 says that when the thousand years come to an end satan will be let out of his prison he will go out to deceive the nations so there are many who, who struggle who struggle at understanding the timelines the timelines for all of this and i and i will have to agree with them that the timeline is difficult to place so, if you want to take the Bible literally, then you take the rapture. After the rapture begins the seven years of tribulation. 
at the end of the seven years of tribulation begins the thousand the thousand millennia reign of Christ. But there are those who say no. That everything from verse 7 happens a thousand years, a thousand years before the rapture or before the, the, the final, final battle that ends the seven years. In other words, Gog and Magog is the same thing as the battle of Armageddon. So they say that, look, Satan, just before Satan is bound, he possesses, he gives his influence, his dominion to the Antichrist. And so for a thousand years, the Antichrist's influence, and of course they point to scriptures that says that the spirit of the Antichrist, you know, is has been here, has been here all the while. I think First John, Paul addresses that in First John, that the spirit of the Antichrist is here. You know, every spirit that rejects Jesus, you know, as, as come in the flesh, is the spirit of the Antichrist, okay? So, that, that's, that spirit of the Antichrist has been here for a thousand, for about a thousand years. And that, that is when the, the thousand, the millennial reign of Christ begins. I, I disagree, okay? I disagree. And the reason why this struggle is there is though people say that are you do you mean that after the armies of the world have been defeated do you mean that satan is brought back to life and then he is able to gather another army for the battle of gog and magog is that what you are saying we'll have to take the word of god literally he says that when the thousand years come to an end before the thousand years began, we know that Satan was bound and cast into the bottomless pits. Okay? Before then, his beast and his and that is the Antichrist and the prophet had been cast into the lake of fire. Okay? If we are seeing the beast or the Antichrist again mentioned here, then that would have been confusing because the lake of fire is the final destination, is the final judgment. It says, when the thousand years come to an end, Satan will be let out of his prison. He will go out to deceive the nations, called Gog and Magog, in every corner of the earth. He will gather them together for a battle. Yes, he will gather them together for a battle. And this battle will be, will be a massive one in every corner of the earth. He says, he will gather them together for a battle. You know that the devil, the guy is very <laughs> resilient, right? After losing all, every single battle, he still gathers them together for a battle. A mighty army as numberless as sand along the seashore. So we have to, ag- we have to agree that at the end, when Christ descends and we see his robe stained in blood, it is those who gathered for the battle of Armageddon that he, he, he destroys. So there will be people left on the earth who did not die. Okay? And who will go through who will go through the thousand year reign and uh, no, during the thousand year reign of Christ, they will be on this earth. Remember that during that period the influence of Satan would have been removed from this earth. 
But when he comes, he says that he will once again go out to deceive the nations called Gog and Magog in every corner of the earth and he will gather them together for a battle, a mighty army as numberless as sand along the seashore. And I saw them as they went up on the broad plains of the earth and surrounded God's people and the beloved city. But fire from heaven came down on the attacking armies and consumed them. Okay? Since then, the devil who had deceived them was finally thrown into the lake of burning sulfur. Joining, joining the word, that's the word there, joining the beast and the false prophets. There they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Okay, so what we then do is go back and reference. So it means that the nation of Israel, it says the beloved city, that would be the beloved city will have to be Jerusalem, right? <laughs> it says that they will surround God's, God's people, the beloved city, the people who reigned with Christ in this one thousand, the millennial reign, and the beloved city, Jerusalem. They will surround, uh, surround them, seeking to do war against them. So it means that on the earth, there will be people who will still be living. And then um, they will join hands with the devil, you know, to to cause to cause this war to happen, the war of Gog and Magog. Now turn your Bibles to the book of Ezekiel, the book of Ezekiel, Ezekiel chapter thirty-eight, Ezekiel chapter thirty-eight. Ezekiel prophesies and has a message for Gog. He is speaking some nine hundred years. 900 years before Jesus walked on the earth and he's speaking some almost 3000 years okay before before our time and I'm telling you more than 3000 years before in fact almost 4000 we have to now agree before this war will eventually take place he says this is another message Ezekiel speaking more than 4000 years he says, this is another message that came to me from the Lord. Son of man, turn and face Gog of the land of Magog, the prince who rules over the nations of Meshech and Tubal and prophesy against them. Okay, so it, would, it is safe to say that there is a physical priest that that rules, okay, or that stands over the nations of Meshech and Tubal, okay? Um, but I will tell you again that Ezekiel is also addressing the spirit behind them, just like, you know, he spoke against Tyre, okay? Prophesied against Tyre and Sidon. He is prophesying against the spirit that is also controlling them. And of course, the spirit controlling them here is Satan. Says, give him this message from the sovereign Lord. Gog, I am your enemy. I will turn you around and put hooks in your in your jaws to lead you out with your own army, which is what happened eventually. Revelation chapter 20, right? It says your horses and charioteers in full armor and a great horde armed with shields and swords. Which is what we just read in Revelation chapter 20. Now, it says Persia, Ethiopia, 
and Libya will join them. Remember, I've said there are nations you need to pay attention to as we come into the end time. Number one, pay attention to Israel. As things move around Israel, the end time is moving. Pay attention to Persia. Pay attention to Iraq. Pay attention to Babylon. So that's all day Iraq. Pay attention to Assyria. That is Syria. Pay attention to, to Persia. Pay attention. So here we've seen three, three more nations added, right? Pay attention to Ethiopia. Pay attention to Libya. So when all of those wars happened back then with Libya, and then Benghazi fell, and then um, uh, we saw Libya taking over, and ISIS, you know, sprung from there, and we know all that happened, and then moved into into eventually into Syria, and then the caliphate was established. Those who understood Bible prophecies knew that the end time was taking shape. It is Persia, Ethiopia, and Libya will join will join you. Will join you too, too with all their weapons. It says Goma, Goma, and all its armies will also join you. Okay, so reference that to whoever you want to call that, but you can be sure that Russia is somewhere in there. Goma and all its armies will also join you, along with the armies of Beth Togama from the distant north and many others. Get ready, be prepared. <laughs> Keep all the armies around you mobilized and take command, command to them. Ezekiel is innocently prophesying and he is prophesying 4,000 years before his time. It is a long time from now you will be called into action. Did you see that? You will be called into action. In the distant future, you will swoop down on the land of Israel. He is talking about 4,000 years. He says, in the, in the distant future, you will swoop down on the land of Israel. We just read in, in Revelation chapter 20, the battle of Magog, Gog and Magog. How they surrounded God's people and the holy city. He says, you will swoop down on the land of Israel, which will be enjoying peace after recovering from war and after his people have returned from many lands to the mountains of Israel. You know that that is already happening, right? Right now, Jews are returning from Syria. Uh, there was um, the return of Jews when eventually Israel became a nation as Israel. The, the Jews were pouring back into the nations of, of Israel those who understood Bible prophecy knew <laughs> the time was getting closer and closer. He says, after recovering from war and after his people have returned from many lands to the mountain of Israel, he says, you and your allies, a vast and awesome army, will roll down on them like a storm and cover the land like, like a cloud. You saw it now? He said that, um, when Satan gathered them, he said that they were like a vast army. They covered, they covered the whole land. This is what the Sovereign Lord says, prophesying 4,000 years before this war takes place. At that time, evil thoughts will come to your mind and you will devise a wicked scheme 
you will say Israel is an unprotected land filled with unworthy villages. I will march against her and destroy these people who live in such confidence. I will go to them, to those formerly desolate cities that are now filled with people who have returned from exile in many nations. I will capture vast amounts of plunder for the people are rich with livestock and other possessions. Now they think the whole earth will revolve around them. <laughs> Which is the accusation that is being made, constantly made against the nation of Israel, right? So let's stop on verse 13 and tidy this. It says, But Sheba and Dedan and the Martians of Tashish will ask, Do you really think the armies you have gathered can rob them of silver and gold? Do you think you can drive away their livestock and seize their goods and carry off plunder? So let's stop here today. So, we've been reading Revelation chapter 20 and we have looked at the first two parts, okay? Which is part 5, part 5 of the book of of the of the book of Revelation. We've seen the millennial reign of Christ. We are looking at the battle of Gog and Magog and how it was prophesied 4000 years before it eventually happens. As this battle happens, remember that the thousand years reign, I will be there to reign with Christ, that thousand years. You will be there to reign with Christ with that thousand years. After the end of this thousand year reign, this army will surround, surround us. These armies will seek, want to destroy the people of God, but we know the end. It says fire from the presence of God came and destroyed them. Hallelujah. I want us to say, Lord, thank you this morning. Thank you for everything that we have learned. We ask, Lord, once again, glorify yourself in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, as we learn about the end times, as we learn about the things that will happen, Lord, help us to live always prepared. I pray for everyone listening again this morning. None of us will miss the rapture. Lord, we will reign with you at the millennial reign. Yes, Lord, we will reign with you this thousand years in the name of Jesus. Father, we say thank you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right, thank you so much for listening today. God bless you. Enjoy your day.